welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. I am Sergeant First Class Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. And with me today is a very special guest who has a inspiring personal story today. We are joined today by the 19th ESC G2, Lieutenant Colonel Yi. Sir, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, sir, uh, we're going to get into your uh, remarkable story pretty soon, where it all began, kind of here in Daegu. Um, but first I want to know, when you come, when you came through Camp Henry, the Gates Camp Henry today, does it still carry a special meaning for you coming on base? Uh, absolutely. I, yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, I'll kind of get into my story here, uh, you know, uh, after the quick intro. But I'll tell you, it's... Uh, I can't really remember too much, you know, as a kid, uh, again, because I was dropped up, uh, you know, when I was three months old, but um, just after talking with my wife and, you know, my, my sister and all that, it's a, it's a very strong meeting, uh, which is, you know, it, you know, you know the heart still kind of, you know, uh, thumps once in a while, kind of coming through the gates. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I imagine um, it's it really must be special to be stationed here. I mean, you've been stationed in Korea before, but actually to be stationed here at Camp Henry would be special for you. And so uh, let's get into that then, sir. So um, take us back to those, what what you know of those early early days here on, on Daegu. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, I kind of lay out the entire story here. Um, so back in 19, um, 1973, um, my mother, um, she was about 19 years old, um, and she, she lived here in Daegu. Um, and she, uh, she, she met my father. Um, my father, he actually worked in 19th ESC. He was, uh, he was at 92 golf. Hmm. And for those, I don't know who, nine, uh, what a 92 golf is. That's a, you know, that's a mess all cook. I think it was a different MOS uh, title then, but, uh, yeah, she, uh, she met my father and, um, and, uh, you know, kind of developed a relationship with him, uh, during the, um, during the early seventies, uh, had my sister and, and, uh, had, had me. Um, and it was, you know, she had a good life. Uh, she was having a good life for about a few months. Um, that was a couple of years actually. And, um, and at that time my father was, I want to say his rank was a, his rank was an E5. It was an E5 cook here at the NCO. And, um, and, uh, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, soldiers, you know, do, do, do soldiers thing, right? So they kind of, um, my father was kind of, um, very interested in other other um, females, uh, and um, had uh, m- multiple, uh, let's say, um, girlfriends, <laughs> and um, kind of left my mother in a, a very um, interesting situation, where she had to um, uh, make make that sacrifice um, to kind of give us up at the gate. Um, because if I could go back just a little uh, with my mother. 
Um, so back in the 19, 1950s, my mother was born, uh, born in 1951. Um, she was actually born to an African-American father and a, and a Korean mother. Um, and um, she was raised in Korea as an Amerasian. Um, and it was difficult at that time uh, because, again, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of you know, African-American and Korean um, people at that time. So she, she had a rough life. And all she thought about, uh, and, you know, this is coming from her, was um, how to, how to kind of escape this country. So, so with that, she, um, you know, she, of course, you know, at that time there was a lot of clubs and all that, right? Um, especially down in Daegu and up in Seoul. So, and she, she met my father at one of the uh, local, local clubs here and, um, and, uh, you know, she had a relationship and hoping, you know, that she would, you know, my father would, you know, marry her and, and, uh, kind of get her out of the situation. Um... So did she think she would be more accepted in America, maybe, or was she she was looking to leave Korea? Or? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, back then, you know, the, the saying was, uh, you know, the land of the big PX, right, of uh, the U.S., right, um, and you know, they, she she read papers and she, you know, she saw you know TV and you know it's, and she saw people that, of her color, you know, back in the states in the seventies. Uh, so yeah, she just wanted to kind of get there to kind of start her life all over again. Um, so yeah, she met my father, uh, she met my father hoping that, uh, you know, he would, uh, I guess be that, uh, be that ticket, um, uh, back to, back to the States because she, it was just, um, really rough for her in Korea at that time. So again, uh, as I uh, stated earlier, um, my father, uh, bless his heart, he just, um, yeah, he kind of had uh, a little too much fun in Korea at that time. Um, and um, he decided to meet someone else. Uh, and my mother, you know, again, she had my sister. Uh, she was one years old, and and uh, you know, I was um, I was only three months old. So she, um, uh, once she found out that my father was in a in a separate relationship uh, with another woman, um, um, she um, and my father, you know, was adamant that hey, listen, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not responsible. I'm not responsible for. Uh, for these children, um, kind of neglected, you know, his responsibility. Um, she just had to make that sacrifice, and uh, and that sacrifice. And what I mean by that sacrifice is um, she had she she had to give us up. And um, the way she did this was. Um, my sister was about one years old, and again, I was about three months old, and and uh, she dropped us. She dropped us off at the um, at the gate over at Camp Henry, um, and uh, and just ran. Mm-hmm. She ran the other way, um, and the reason why she why she had to make that sacrifice is she understood the pain uh, that she had to go through. Uh, you know, being raised in Korea um, as a as an Amerasian, and uh, us again, you know, at least she was fifty percent Korean, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she had that feature, so um, uh, uh, 
being part Korean, but again, for us, my sister and I, we were, you know, about 25% Korean and we look more African American than, than uh, she did. So she just did not want us to bear the, the pain that she had to go through. Um, so yeah, she, uh, and was her hope then that your father would take both of you back to the States? That, that was her hope, of course, you know, um, uh, she, she took a risk, uh, because, uh, she knew that he was, um, it, his responsibility wasn't there, but again, uh, you know, she was just, she took a risk, uh, hoping that, she, that he would follow through and do the right thing. So she, uh, and so there was a soldier at the gate then who re- received both of you? Yes. Um, according to my mother, uh, it was the MPs. Uh, at that time, it was the MPs guarding the gates. Uh, so, yeah, she um, yelled at the MPs, dropped us off, uh, and then and then ran. And they ran across the street. And before this, I know there's this new constructions uh, going up here, but before that, it was a bar. It was called the Gecko Bar. That was right across the street. Uh, I think they tore it down here last year. Um, uh, but yeah, she she ran ran into the building there and uh, was on the second floor and looked down to ensure that uh, you know the police actually um, you know um, took us. Yeah, I think the gecko used to be on our CPP checklist actually yeah. when we did CPP. You're right. Wow. And so um, so what they took they took both of you inside the gates and then was your father still at the at Camp Henry then or so yes, uh, again, I was three months, three mm-hmm. months old. But so, so this is coming from both my father and my mother's uh, story. But um, yes, um, my, my my father was summoned uh, by the MPs um, <clears throat> because she actually uh, had a note under under my crib or the little bassinet that she had, and she uh, put my father's uh, name and uh, she remembered his social security number. So she slipped that on so the MPs were able to see that. And then uh, identify my father, which is uh, working here at uh, at the local mess hall, hmm. and um, and then contact his company commander. And so, the father comes to see both of you in in the custody of MPs, and then um, what I, what I read also about this was he was slated to go to Vietnam. Is that right? Uh, so, so he was he was actually it was. He actually went to Vietnam and then came back. So it was uh, it was during that uh, from 19, I would say from 1970 to 1973, uh, he had to go on, on a quick tour to Vietnam. So it was after his Vietnam tour mm-hmm. that he actually um, uh, came back um, and uh, this situation happened. Uh, and so what, so what was his decision then at that point? Well, I, <laughs> I don't think he really had a choice. Um, it was his company commander, and uh, uh, you know, um, I, I, I've been trying for a while to get a hold of this company commander because he actually saved uh, both of our lives. And what I mean, both of our lives, I'm talking about my sister and I, because um, um, again, he was an E5, so uh, he had to go in front of the company commander, and um, and let, let me take the this story could get a little confusing, so mm-hmm. let me take it back just a little bit. Um, so, so my father, yes, uh, was summoned by the MPs um, and uh, took custody of us. And um, after that, uh, what I, I was told was uh, my father put us in a local, uh, a local orphanage. Um, we were there for, I would say, approximately about six, about uh, six to seven months. Um, 
and then the company commander that was here, um, you know, rumor, rumor flights, you know, especially in the, you know, in the 60s and the 70s. So um, the, the company commander summoned my father. Uh, once he found out that, that we were, and my sister and I were uh, in a local orphanage, um, and uh, the, com- the company commander, um, uh, absolutely, I, I'd say uh, a guardian angel, um, told my father uh, that, um, that he had, he had two choices. Either stay in the military or get chaptered out. Get chaptered out. Um, and my father, you know, he only had a fifth grade education uh, when he came in. Uh, so really didn't have a lot of options. Uh, so uh, the company commander told my father to go and uh, get us from the orphanage and, uh, and find a way to take care of us. So he was depending on he would be chaptered out if he if he left you in the orphanage oh, absolutely what, mm-hmm. absolutely and so uh, he did he did go and get you then from the orphanage at that point oh, or yeah. oh absolutely mm-hmm. and then and the company commander went with him mm-hmm. uh, along with the uh, first sergeant at the time um to the local orphanage here and uh and brought us uh brought us uh <laughs> out of there and uh again i can't recall i was too young but my sister can to some degree mm-hmm. Um, it was very traumatic for her. Um, so, uh, my father, um, the, the company commander told my father again, you know, make sure that, yeah, yeah, we're taken care of. And my father, um, um, was able to find a nanny, um, in Curry, they call him, uh, you know, Amma, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or Ajima, uh, or Harmony, um, here locally here in Daegu, um, and um, kind of gave us uh, gave custody of us to her to take care of while he, uh, you know, uh, during his time uh, in the military uh, while he was here in Korea. Because he was still in the barracks too, I would imagine. Yes, right. he was mm-hmm. absolutely in the barracks. I mean, he can't have two kids in mm-hmm. the barracks and stuff. So I mean, he did the right thing by you know mm-hmm. trying to find someone to take care of us, and he uh, paid her uh, a certain amount to uh, a month monthly to just watch after us and take care of us. Mm-hmm. And then. So your your total time in Korea then as a young man as a baby, well, yeah. How how long was that? Yeah, it uh, get pretty interesting here. So um, I was in I was in Korea total um, for uh, for twelve years. Wow, for twelve years. And so was that woman racing you that that whole time? Yeah, this individual um, was raising us. Um, uh, during that time, um, while we were in Korea, um, yes. And so your 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 father then he he wasn't in Korea. That was, was he sending money then from the states to her? Yeah. So yeah. so he was. So yeah. So the story gets uh, uh, a little more in depth here. Um. So so she did. Uh, my my father did provide her monthly, uh, you know, stipend to take care of us. Um. And she did have, she had a daughter. She had a daughter, uh, I would say about the same age as, uh, as my mother. And um, her daughter was in a, uh, was in a relationship also uh, with an African-American guy. And uh, he, you know, at that time left, uh, left back to the States um, and found out she was pregnant. Um, so, you know, she had a daughter. Uh, so we're all about the same age. So uh, I viewed her as her, the mom and a nanny there taking care of us here uh, here in Daegu. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and again, receiving and the people, you know, the individual that took care of us was uh, receiving money uh, monthly. And uh, so what are, you obviously remember, probably remember a lot of that time. Um, I mean, your, most of your childhood then was in Korea. What, what, what do you, what do you remember from that, sir? Um, it was rough. It was rough. Um, and the reason why I say it was rough, uh, because again, I think that, um, that the individual that were taking care of us didn't have good intent. I think they had a monetary intent at that time. It was just to receive the money. And, um, being, you know, 75% African American and looking African American, um, they were embarrassed, uh, to have us go to school. Uh, so we, my sister and I, um, yeah, we didn't go to school. Um, we were, you know, used, um, as, um, yeah, I don't know if you know black market runners. Yeah. Yeah, so black market was pretty, uh, was pretty prominent then, and, uh, and a lot of uh, soldiers were involved in the black market. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were uh, used as uh, uh, employed, I would say, uh, as, a, as a black market runner. So that, that's what, instead of going to school, that, was, that took up a lot of your time? Uh, that, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, it uh, took uh, up a lot, of, uh, a lot of time. And I... The, the thing I can remember about those days is, uh, I don't know if you can recall Sergeant Ross, but uh, I'm probably too young for that. Um, but uh, the sugar daddy candy. Uh, oh, right. Like, right, the mm-hmm. sugar daddy. I remember that, sir. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. That's, that, that's one thing I can, that, that I can recall um, about uh, my time, because that was more my, my incentive, right? That Can- was my, candy. Was it, was, it was an incentive, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, I would deliver the goods uh, to uh, a location, um, and then uh, if I returned, right? If my sister and I, if we returned, we would receive, uh, you know, the candy as a as an incentive for coming back. Uh, and during that time, did you have, did you think about going to America? To do you think you would meet your father? Or what? So, America was the furthest thing from my mind. Um, so, so my father would, uh, you know, come occasionally uh, and oh. visit. So it's not like I didn't know mm-hmm. who my father was. Um, uh, so he would, you know, pop in occasionally. He did go to Vietnam after that fact. He had a quick uh, tour in Vietnam um, after the 70, uh, 73. Um, so he would pop in once in a while, and, you know, I knew that was my father. And But, again, he, uh, you know, he at that time was uh, just doing things he shouldn't be doing. And, and so what did you... Um, you know, like I'm trying to think, you know, a 10 year old self, like what was, what, what, what were your, you just yeah. saw this as yeah. this was your future. This was going to be, you know. Yeah. I mean, I was even too young to even think about future. Yeah, that's uh, right. Right. I, I thought this was just a norm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And one thing I can, I, I can recall is, um, the elementary school here. I think, it, I think it was still here. I think George, it, I, I can recall, I don't know if it was George Elementary School, um, Dago Elementary School, actually, on Camp George. Mm. I don't know if that was always there or not, but I remember looking at uh, kids going to school, uh, and I just didn't understand. Mm. Right. I guess that's kind of what I meant. Like, did you ever see, you, you thought, like, am I going to go to school someday? Or you know. That, I wanted to go to school. 
um, because I was illiterate. Mm. You know, I didn't. You know, I just learned how to uh, how to read and write Korean recently. Uh, before this, I you know I didn't couldn't speak English. You know, I um, I could just only you know, speak Korean, uh, but I didn't understand the uh, you know the characters. Um, so uh, I just we just thought this was the norm, and we just thought that hey, listen, due to the fact, I mean, they, the people that raised us were very you know very open. It was like hey, listen, we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna send you because you're you know because your skin color. Hmm. And uh, yeah, we're just here to just you know you're just here to and we're just here to kind of feed you. So they, they were they were not the best. I'd like to say. So when that the the next big milestone is when those circumstances changed when you you did move from Korea. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. The, this you know this is the reason why I know that uh, you know you know everybody's footsteps ordained right. Um, so my father, um, he had epiphany and he received the Lord, and uh, and uh, he came back. He came back uh, about 1970. I want to say 1977, 78. Uh, he came back from Vietnam, um, and he was stationed in Camp Hylia. Um, um, that's down in down in Busan. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they recently closed out here in 2006. But yeah, I was stationed in Camp Hylia. So when he came back, um, received the Lord. Um, and then he, you know, saw the nanny's daughter and, uh, of course she was single. Uh, she had an American daughter. Um, so, um, they decided to, you know, they, you know, she apparently, um, he fell in love. Um, I don't know if she did, but, uh, you know, she, she tried to get back to the States herself. So they, um, they got married. They got married and, and. I can recall the marriage just a little because I was, I would say about five or six years old about that time. So, yes, they got married, stationed off, uh, you know, down in Busan for a little bit and for one year. And after that, we moved up to, um, we moved up to, my father was stationed up at, at Yongsan. Oh. Yeah, so we went up to Yongsan, uh, lived right, uh, uh, lived in Itaewon for a little bit. Hmm. Um and then in, in the seven, it was, I don't say 79, um, they had a, I, the thing I can remember about Itaewon is I, I lived on the place, uh, it's, they, they call it a certain, certain name. I know what you're talking about, yeah, sir. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they call it a certain name. It's it over by Polly's. Mm. Um, it's to be called the Eve Club. Uh, I, I can never forget that name. Mm. 79. Uh, it was called the Eve Club. And we lived right, right across the street from it on the second floor. And I just saw nothing in the evening but just GIs going back and forth. And uh, yeah, so so we moved there. They got married, and um, and I can recall it was I want to say yeah, we lived there for a couple of years um, until 1982. Until 1982, still didn't go to school. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm nine, about nine years old. And by this point, your father had over ten years in the military, or he was he was yes. Uh, so it was. So my father, yeah, so he retired in 19, um, 1986. So, yeah, so when he was here, it was some, he got in trouble, Article 15, and, you know, um, so that's the reason why he was, he was an E5 here. He, he was a senior NCO, but there was mm. some stuff he did he shouldn't be doing. So he was uh, he was demoted to several ranks. Um, 
but uh, yes, so he was in the military for a little bit um, about that time, about 20, I would say about 20 years, about 20 some odd years. And did he, he, he finished his service in Korea or that was? Uh, so he finished his service in Fort Lewis, hmm. uh, JBLM now, but uh, um, it was in Fort Lewis. I'll never forget that uh, in 1986. Going, going that's when you moved. Okay. Yeah, that's when we moved. Um, and I, I mean, to this day, um, I can recall uh, in the Itaewon, um, when my father, I was a little older, about 10 then, um, he said, hey, listen, we're going to go to go to the U.S. And, you know, I mean, I knew about the United States because my father talked about it. Um, but uh, he kept on saying, uh, you know, Tacoma. He kept on saying Tacoma. And uh, I just, for <laughs> some reason, I thought it was Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I just kept on looking at the map. And I was like, hey, listen, you know, Tokyo's here. And my father's like, no, that's on the other side. So so he came back uh, again uh, and found the Lord. And he just, uh, you know, he accepted the responsibility of us and uh, took my sister and I um, and uh, the step- stepsisters um, back uh, uh, back to uh, back to the States for the first time. And I just, it was it was pretty incredible. I bet. And we're just we're going to take a short break, sir. Just uh, quite a story. We're just going to take our breaths for a little bit. We'll be right back here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. Okay, sir. And you were back uh, with Lieutenant Colonel Yi. Um, so, sir, you moved to, to uh, Fort Lewis, Tacoma. Um, so your first time in a school then was in Tacoma. Right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, first time school there in, um, in, in Tacoma there. Uh, um, very interesting time, let's just say. It was um, very challenging. Um, because, again, I my, my uh, father... Uh, didn't have, have any documentations of me because he uh, <laughs> he was able to get uh, us on a Mac flight, um, um, and uh, and basically get us on a plane and just go there without a land there in McCord Air Force Base, like a Space A type flight or space something. Space A, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, without any documentation uh, because um, yeah, he didn't have any. Um, so he, um, enrolled me. I was probably the oldest kindergartner in, in history. <laughs> well, so you started uh, off yeah, in kindergarten. I, I did. Wow. I did because again, I didn't, I can speak, mm-hmm. uh, English well, uh, at all actually. So they wanted to, you know, place me in some, you know, just to kind of assess. I know it was very, very challenging. Um, and, uh, I recalled, um, when my father enrolled me. Um, into school, he had to give me his name. So my original name was Raymond Womack Jr. Um, so, so that's the name I, you know, I was enrolled in to uh, elementary school uh, there in um, Sheridan. It was Sheridan Elementary School, um, and hmm. the Tigers, yeah. So, and and so, obviously, you know, not what most teachers expect to encounter you know in america you know an older child who doesn't speak english so what what was your early education experience like then um it was um it wasn't fun uh because again again i had a speech impediment on top of this um i stuttered every word um i 
you know, just I think it was just, you know, just the trauma of, uh, you know, being raised in a situation in Korea and come going to the States. I, I don't know what it was, but I had a, a speech impediment and I stuttered every word. Um, so that was a challenge. Um, and were you speaking some English at that point from living with your father for a while? Right, right. Mm-hmm. So I was able to, you know, the basics. Um, uh, right. But but the thing is, an uh, interesting thing was I was pretty decent in math. I don't know where that, you know, came from. But uh, uh, math, I excelled at the math. But the, besides math, I, English was just something that I had to continue to work at. Uh, so, so at what point did you feel like you were starting to catch up with I would other say kids? after, yeah. So, I, I mean, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like they had me in kindergarten for a year. I mean, it just wouldn't be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> older kid in kindergarten. So, basically, they uh, leaped me up uh, to... Uh, I want to say to about third grade. I want to say, yeah, I, yeah. Don't take me on that one as facts, but uh, yeah, it's about third grade. About we're ten year old to I'd say about yeah. So, and I was placed in tenth grade. Uh, I'm sorry, not tenth grade, but in third grade when I was about eleven years old. Uh, and it was was uh, it was tough. Mm-hmm. It was tough because kids aren't. You know, kids about that age is not the right. It's not the most friendliest. Let's say, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and then um, at that point, your father is out of the military. Um, yes. And so, what did you feel yourself? Um, you know, accl- acclimating to American culture at that point. Um, my father was out of the military, um, but he he was really strict. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he really. Um, got involved with the Bible a lot and everything with everything with the Bible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so he, every, he, he lived his life by the Bible. So, you know, we couldn't do a certain things and we were kind of, he put, he kind of put us in a legalistic church in a way. And, uh, uh, and it was, yeah. So that, that on top of, uh, you know, not being, uh, you know, the most uh, uh, educated kid, I guess, in third grade uh, was, was difficult. Um, and plus the people that the nanny, uh, you know, that, he brought over and the wife. Uh, they uh, uh, they had a uh, uh, different intent, let's just say. And they, and they were still living with you. They were. Too. They had their daughter and and um, and they were living um, and basically brought uh, brought her entire family over. I brought the sister, the uncle, everybody, uh, her side of the family over. At a certain point, are you 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 feel comfortable, um, you know, with all all parts of academics, not just math, but. right? Right. So yes. So again, I mean, we could leap forward just a little here. So so yeah. So um, it caught up. Uh, you know, still had that speech impediment, but uh, you know, I was kind of a kind of a quiet kid because of that. Um, so I was able to catch up. Uh, still didn't really, you know, maintain a strong GPA. Uh, so I uh, went through, uh, you know, went to middle school, got passed. You know, they just kind of passed me on. You know, so it was inner cities, right? So I mean, they just I just kind of met met the not only I wouldn't even say standards. Uh, I just kind of <laughs> they just kind of pushed me along. Let's just say. And I, I meant to ask too. Did you you and your sister through this whole time you maintain a really strong bond from what you've been through? And, and how did she take yeah, to? America? Yeah. So I mean, there's you know, I mean, yes. So of course, my sister and I. I mean, uh, yeah, she's she's my heartbeat. Right? She is because we. I mean, she's been there with me since the beginning. So. <clears throat> yeah. And then, um, so yeah, it, was there a teacher who then kind of? Um, it helped you improve your GPA uh, and get 
thanks Arn Ross for uh, for for bringing that up. Yeah, it was um I I will never forget her name. Her name was um Miss Swan. Um she um yeah, she she invested a lot of time, let's just say, in me. Uh she it was at Baker Baker Middle School. I I'll, I'll never forget her. Uh, mm-hmm. she she saw something in me. Um and she after school she will stay after school with me and just work with me work with me she's like hey listen ray you know that was my name at the time she's like you you got this and uh, instilled that confidence which i needed i never had that right never had that and uh and then it was uh, middle school and then you know something you know traumatic happened to me at you know at middle school because my sister was taken away from me you know there was some stuff that happened and uh with uh just the nanny and her family that came from Korea, and uh, and the child protective services took took uh, took uh, you know my sister away, and which was very uh, devastating. I can yeah, yeah I can't even imagine. Yeah. What, so um, this was when the this was uh, mid- middle school. You said so like yeah was, yeah it was uh, it, it was it was middle school. It was about middle school. Uh, on, right. And so did. Um, your your te- Miss Miss Swan help you over was she helping you overcome those tra- that tra- the home life troubles um, as well? Well, I was kind of a private person, so I didn't really disclose too much of my private uh, you know home affairs uh, you know with Miss Swan. Um, but um, and she knew something was wrong. Um, she I mean she yeah she knew something was wrong, but I I, I did not disclose that with her. It just everything was about just you know just education. And so, but she set you kind of on a different academic trajectory, right? I mean, she, I mean, she instilled hope in me, right? I mean, I, I mean, she, I knew I could, I could do it because she, had, you know, she was there to kind of give me that positive reinforcement that I needed. So, mm-hmm. so, and then, um, at what point did uh, college? become a possibility for you then. Right. So, you know, middle school, I went through that. Um, uh, and then I went to Lincoln High School. I went to Lincoln High School, and um, again, my father, you know, he was there with me the whole time. Um, and and basically, he um, he was really kind of, you know, it's like, hey, listen, you got to get involved with something, kid. You know, <laughs> you're a big kid, you're fast. Hey, listen. He tried to take me into the boxing ring and try to teach me a little boxing, and uh, you know, one jab, my my nose, you know, <laughs> started bleeding. So I was like, yeah, boxing's not for you. So, so went to Lincoln High School. I, um, I went to Lincoln High School, and uh, and um, it was my sophomore year. And, um, I went out and just tried to try out football. I never played this game in my life. So um, they put me out as a running back. Um, I, I can remember this is like play, the first play ever, and uh, they just told me to go tackle someone with the ball. So I was the running back, and when the center hiked the ball to the quarterback, I tackled the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. But uh, with that, I kind of figured out this game, and uh, and I excelled, uh, and I excelled, and um, was uh, right at the uh, one of the top receivers in the in the U.S. Wow. And so the, the that gave you a new confidence too, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, that gave me yeah. I was. Uh, not, now I'm popular, right? Mm-hmm. You know, high school. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you know, on, on the newspapers and such forth. So you know, I start getting popular, and uh, you know, I, I hung around with uh, you know my friend. Uh, I, they all went off to the NFL, like Lawyer Malloy. Um, really, Lawyer Malloy. Right, he, oh. right, he was our running back. Okay. And our quarterback was John Kitna. 
Really? Yeah, John okay. Kitna. He's up where he played for Seattle, and you know he's uh, he's right. Mm-hmm. So and I was a receiver, right? So for that great running back quarterback, so I'm mm-hmm. that did help. But uh, yeah, so I got no, you know, you know I was uh, basically recruited, you know, by everybody. But uh, you know, there was some issues with my education. And you end up going to Washington State. They accept the risk. Yeah, they mm-hmm. accept the risk, uh, and I end up going to Washington State. Um, I, I, I sat out one year, the first year, because of uh, properties in 48, because I didn't pass the uh, you know, SATs and had some educational challenges. Mm-hmm. So, But then, um, so you're at a much bigger stage, obviously, with, with your football career, and uh, takes off, you know, once you're on the field there. Yeah, it, uh, right. Yeah, it, it was uh, you know, my second year there. Um, played, uh, played the Animal Bowl, um, and uh, had a good time. It, it was just a different going to college and having it paid for it. It was just it, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Let's just say. Um, and that, and that's when another big stage of your life starts too. So it was at that point when you um, you went back to Korea, is there, or, or you you decide to join ROTC? Right. Okay. So. It was in ninety. It was in nineteen ninety. Uh, when was it? No, the nineteen ninety five. Was it? I can't really. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so it was in nineteen ninety five. Um, I um, still playing football with Coach Price there and uh, Coach and Coach Doba. Um, and I received a, a phone call. I received a phone call from my 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 father. It was uh, back in Tacoma, and he said, uh, you know, uh, you know, I found your mother, and um, and I thought it was the nanny because, the, yeah, you know, I didn't really cover this earlier, but the nanny left, um, and she was ran off with her and her family, uh, you know, while I was in middle school. So I thought he found that mother. So I was just, you know, to me, I didn't view her really as a mother. So I was just like, okay, well, good for you, kind of right. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he paused there for a second. He said, um, no, before I passed, I want to find your real mother. Um, so he went to the state, he came to Korea by himself and I hired a, a detective and, uh, was able to track down my grandmother and, um, and, and I found, and found my grandmother and, um, and was able to, you know, go to her house and, and, uh, to find out that she was, a uh, my father found out that she was back in the states, so my my grandmother gave him the uh, number. Your mother was back in the states. Back in the states, mm-hmm. right? My biological mother. Wow! And so, what what did that mean to you then, knowing that you're going to be able to meet her? Um, it. I. I it, it didn't really register. Am I, yeah, you know, I, I couldn't really register that. Um, and the reason why I say that, and, and, and this is the part I don't want any, yeah, you know, that I want to make sure I cover. Okay. Um, so I, um, again, my father came here and he, and he did all the right things. Uh, found my grandmother, found, and my grandmother gave my, my, um, my father, my mother's phone number. Um, so he comes back to Tacoma. And uh, at that time, you know, my, my sister's moved on and uh, she, my, my, my sister reconnected with me and my father and those, you know, we kind of skipped that. But so um, my, my father calls my sister first and say, hey, look, uh, you know, um, you know, I found your mother and such forth um, back in, well, back in the States, uh, see somewhere in the States, could you call this number? 
and my sister was, uh, she was, you know, she's like, okay, father and dad, it's not, it's not an issue. So she dialed the number to start with 206. And my sister said, uh, you know, dad, you don't need to dial the area code because it's a local number. Hmm. It's so a local. She, was, she was right there. Yeah. 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 She was. So, so we lived on 56th street and then. Oh, uh, no, we lived on 96th Street, and she lived on 56th Street in Tacoma. And she she married, uh, had a son, uh, and um, and came to the States. And uh, and her intent was always to find us. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that was her intent, to always to find us, because she just, because she wanted to find us. But, uh, yeah. And so what what was that first meeting like then with your mother? Um, it was, it was, it, it was kind of surreal, right? It was just like, this really happening because she, she, um, she worked on JBLM. Wow. She worked on JBLM. Um, she worked at the AFIS hmm. and, um, my father, um, you know, was able to kind of get us. Well, I didn't talk to her on the phone first. My father just drove us to uh, JBLM. I don't know if you've been to JBLM. For I just came from there, actually. Yeah, yeah. There's a Popeyes there. I don't know if they, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know if they changed it, but mm-hmm. uh, back uh, back then it was a Popeyes, and <laughs> out of all places to meet, right? Mm-hmm. My, father, my mother was working at the PX, and I uh, guess that's a central location there. So, um, yeah, I. I saw my mother coming from a distance and I just, you know, when you, when you see somebody and you're like, I know that person by, by, you know, it was, it was a, yeah, I just, it's, I can't explain it, but it was a, it was one of those feelings that I knew that she was my mom kind of. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, before you even you just saw her. Yeah, I saw her, and she looked at me. The first thing she she did was she grabbed my hand. Well, she gave me a hug, of course, but she grabbed my hand and she just kept on, she kept on crying, of course, um, because I was, you know, I was a. She she gave me up when I was really really young, and I was a pre- premature baby, so, you know, that was a, you know, it really impacted her. So she kept on rubbing my hand and just my face, and she just kept, she did that for, for 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 quite some time. Wow, and then. Um, so that began just a regular relationship then, um, but between your sister and you and, and her. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're just, you know, I guess three peas in a pot, I guess. Uh, yeah, we're, I talked to her every, you know, every day, basically, mm-hmm. you know, she's back in, in, uh, Tacoma University. Mm-hmm. Place, and yeah, I talked to her every day. I mean, she's, well, yeah, she's my, she, she's my best friend. She, I, I understood the reason why she did what she did. Hmm. I understood that. Uh, so, so, and did did she was she afraid that maybe she wouldn't get that kind of understanding from you? Yeah. So yeah, she said that because again, uh, you know, she was, you know, because she gave us up, right? But I, you know, I had the compa- I I understood. My sister and I, we under we understood the reason why she did what she had. I mean, she did what she had to do. If it wasn't for that. That's very brave, and that's a sacrifice a lot of people can't do and make. But she did not want us to go through what she went through. So that 
I, you know, I, I applaud her for doing what she did. And that made such an impact on you meet, meeting her that, that influenced your decision to kind of change your path in life. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that had a lot to do with it, but I, I think for me, the biggest impact was that company commander. That's the reason why I came into the military. You know, who knows, right? I mean, I could have continued on to the, you know, I wasn't, well, I was decent in high school, but, you know, college is a different level. Um, so, but, you know, if I would have stayed in uh, and continued to play football, you know, I, you know, I could have probably maybe given a chance at the NFL. But when I met my mother, um, the thing, the one thing I could think of is that company commander. That company commander, for I think at that time they used to call, uh, this unit, um, it wasn't called the ESC, I think. It was, no, it was like uh, combat or a sustainment command. Right, or something right, like right. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think it was a general uh, sustainment command. Um, so, yeah, that HAC commander, that HAC commander changed the direction of our life. If it wasn't for him to tell my father, get those kids out, you take care of those kids. I wouldn't, I, you know, my sister and I would have had a different life. And uh, I, I mean, we see that every day, you know, you know, if you go to the Philippines, if you go to Vietnam, if you go to Thailand, you see Amerasian kids and they're just, they're, they're not treated the best. Mm -hmm. We could have been one of those numbers. Right. So, I mean, the, the leadership that he displayed that, that commander, so that, you you look you you thought about that and decided that, that you wanted to go into the military. Then I did, hmm. I did um, because that commander impacted my life, changed the the direction of my life. And if I could do something like that to someone, right? While um, while I'm in the military, hey, listen, I mean that's you know. That's the kind of impact that I want to have on people, right? Mm. That's the reason why, you know, Sergeant Ross, I came back. Mm. That's the reason why I came back to close this narrative here, where it all started, right? Come why back, you came back to, to Camp Henry? Yeah, I was on my way to you know, back to the Pentagon, you know. Um, but, um, no, I, I I wanted to close, uh, you know, this narrative here, uh, my military career here in Korea, come back full circle. And so let's talk about that a little bit then. So coming, you, you feel like you have gotten closure then being uh, stationed here? Uh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, everybody has a narrative, right? You know, everybody has, everybody's footsteps ordained, right? But my story is my narrative is that of I, I'm not saying I'm special in any way but there's a reason I, I went through what I went through right uh, to be able to share these stories right share the story because I tell you I'll be honest with you Sergeant Ross I mean they're still today even in the you know even in the you know 2022 right that kids are being ostracized you know because of their skin color here in Korea Unfortunately, I mean, trust me, the career's gotten, I trust, it, it's gotten, it's improved greatly. But uh, yeah, there's still some problems, right? So with me sharing this kind of story, you know, this will maybe, you know, I, I probably won't change a lot of people's mind. I don't know. But 
you know, if I could just change that one person, right? Mm. And also give hope to those Amer Asians, right? That's here. It's not only Korea. Again, like I said, it's Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. right? And um, my thing is, you know, as we pivot, you know, as we pivot to the Pacific, you know, um, when soldiers go out, you know, and think about, you know, getting in a relationship, they have to think about, hey, listen, you know, they have to be responsible. You know, that they have to think about, you know, the second or third order effect about what happens if they, you know, leave that individual, that kid back there. Right. And I think it's also like just all soldiers, you know, that are stationed overseas, too. We got to realize the impact we have on those communities. We're, you know, we're not we're not there just to, you know, walk outside the gate and, you know, get get lunch across the street. You know, we being here, we have a, a big impact on the communities. Yeah, absolutely. Sergeant Ross, I mean, our, our number one responsibility here as we are ambassadors okay we i'm talking i don't care if you're a private or i don't care if you're a general we're all ambassadors when people see us they don't know about rank they know about the uniform and they know about the flag that's on our right side all right so we got to make sure that we 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 be i mean we live in the best nation in the world and we've got to remember that when we go out there we got to be professional right and ensure that people understand, hey, listen, we are, you know, you, you know we're representing America. And that's, that, that's one thing that I want to kind of, you know, you know, part with and just say, hey, listen, I mean, this is, you know, this is a, it's, it's a great country. It's a great country. Yeah, and I think it's the historic alliance we've had in Korea. You know, we've been here a long time, but it's all dependent on the people here, you know, keeping it like that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again. You know, this alliance, we, I think this is the longest standing alliance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The other one in Europe. But uh, yeah, we just got to, you know, make sure that, hey, listen, we just got to do the right thing. We got to do the right thing and, uh, you know, and get out and, and uh, you know, enjoy the people and, uh, you know, embrace the culture. Korean has a very rich culture, right? Oh, yeah. A very rich culture. Um, so embrace the culture. But again, remember that you're an ambassador. So, you know, represent yourself accordingly. Okay. Well, I think that's a great moment to end on. Is there anything else uh, you want to say before? We- no. Uh, yeah, Sergeant Ross, I just want to thank you and the command for, uh, you know, again, allowing me the opportunity to uh, to share my narrative. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm able to kind of reach out to, uh, you know, whoever uh, is in need of the story and uh, impart that, uh, that uh, you know, the good side of the story and hopefully you embraced it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's an amazing story, sir. And thank you so much for being able to share that that personal story with us. I know it's, it's not easy to, to br- bring that up with everyone, but now everyone can hear it. So I just want to thank again, uh, Colonel Yi. And uh, we're going to have an associated article with this with some more details from your life. So everyone, uh, if also go to the 19th ESC website. That's where we're going to have that story. So thank you again, sir. And have a great week. And thanks for listening to the Every Soldier Counts podcast.